Hello and welcome to State of Crime. One state, two murders, lots of crime in a brand new decade. Welcome to 2020. Woo! Woo! Except this is would be our second episode. I know, but we're actually recording in 2020 right. this time. So right. it feels a little different. And we wanted to announce to our lovely, wonderful listeners a little change in our venue, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So Kaylin and I are swamped and create probably more well probably more me just because I'm psychotic but um so we are going to change just a little bit and rather than doing both of our cases in a single week we're going to switch and I'll do one week and Kaylin will do the next week or however it works out and so sometimes we might still have two parters if we get into a really long case but our plan is we'll drop one episode a week. And I really kind of pushed this partially because of the comment we got from the one listener where they felt like we kind of shortchanged a case that involved a relative of theirs. We feel really badly about that. And when we first started this, our idea was to, I think, to talk about cases and to do some research and go into them, but we didn't feel like, you know, we were going to be maybe as serious as some other podcasts. Right. But I think as we've both gotten into it, we've kind of felt that we do need to be a little bit more scholarly sometimes and things like that. So we need the extra time to make sure we're covering our bases. Right. So this will make us, this will give us extra time to be able to do the extra research to where we don't feel like things are is thrown together right. sometimes as we feel that they are. And I will put a poll up on our Facebook page, not our discussion group, but our Facebook page, um, to decide on what day we want to put it out. Right. Because now we don't have to worry about it being split, separated. So if we want to keep it on Mondays or if we want to do it Wednesday in the middle of the week. But I'll put a poll up. So when you listen to, oh, I guess... I'll put this, this episode will be up on Monday per yes. usual. Yeah. And then after that, I'll put the poll up so you guys can go in and vote on what day that you would prefer the episodes be yes. dropped. Yeah. Because we'll probably continue to record on Sunday. Right. So if you want us to be as timely as possible, we'll probably drop it on Monday. I'd like to drop it on Monday, but yeah. it's whatever. Right. Whatever works for our listeners. So right. we just want to let you guys know. And like I said, we're just, I think, and we've also been getting... Some great emails from listeners oh my with gosh. updates for cases. And I have to tell you, first of all, the amount of research some of these people do is phenomenal. Police forces, <clears throat> excuse me, really do need to start like having a special section for true crime junkies. Right. For people who just want to sit there and go through documentation. It is amazing how thorough some of these people are. And I, I first ran across this when we did the Atlanta child murders Mm -hmm. and I talked about the one podcast that I had listened to several episodes where they just, you know, it was one podcast, several episodes, and that's all they did. And they actually like traveled to Atlanta and went to the warehouse where all these documents were stored. And, you know, they had the time and the passion to really comb through this. And I feel like that energy needs to be harnessed. Right. Because it's amazing. It is. And because we did just get an email a couple of days ago um, from a listener that came across the episode 
that lives in the town that all of this, uh, one of the cases that we had talked about, it, he lived in the town that this happened and he has been doing like tremendous research over the years since everything had started happening. And he gave us so much information, not only like his views and his opinions and his theories on what happened, but also different sites and resources and all of these things that he just like plugged into this email. And I feel like I'm still, I've caught myself going back every couple of days and just rereading to try to like soak up as much of it as I can. But I will end up getting in contact with this person again and seeing where this goes. And we will probably end up doing another update episode on this one. So there's going to be this one. We're going to do an update on the Jennings 8. Yeah, I keep getting more and more information on the Jennings 8. There's a great, like I mentioned before, the Facebook group out there, which again is another fabulous example of what I'm talking about, of people, you know, watching news sources, watching cases, sharing personal experiences, and putting it all into this localized group. And I'm just like, this is amazing. Right. I am so impressed with people. Armchair detectives have gotten insane They're the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have you seen much go, anything fun going on in the news lately? Well, I am still following the case I did last week okay. with the, the missing children. Correct. JJ and Tyree. And Tylee. Tylee. And it is weirder and weirder. So this psycho bitch who will not cooperate with the police about these missing children. Current husband is husband number five. Husband's three and four, the ones that are both dead. Correct. Um, and it just gets weirder and weirder. And the, the husband that was shot for several months prior to his death had been talking about the fact that he was worried about her mental health. He was worried about the safety of the children. She had directly threatened to kill him. Um, she claims that she is a translated being, which is a whole Mormon thing where you can never die that, you know, you're so perfect that God has made it so you can never die. Um, she has been reincarnated many times. She was the grandmother of Joseph Smith. And I mean, she is a class A wackadoodle when it comes to her religious reasoning here. And like I said, the fact that and he was, you know, he was talking about these things. Right. And again, the fact that red flags being ignored over and over again is just rage inducing. And like I said, I just do not believe this case is going to end well when it comes to what happened to those kids. And, um, yeah. And I don't know. It's the more that comes out though, the more insane this gets. That is so, insane. Yeah. I did see an article earlier about a missing woman who was found in Alabama. Oh, that was a heartbreaking case too. Ugh. And she had texted, right? She was leaving a bar with two guys mm -hmm. and she texted her brother, her coworker, her coworker and said, I think I'm in trouble. Right. And, and then she disappeared and then they found her in a shallow grave behind a home. Mm -hmm. And Yeah. I saw that. I saw a couple of different things. This we there were two car accidents last night in Boise, the Boise area. Oh geez. Um, two separate ones, and two people died. One in each of them. Oh no. Um, so the first one was a 21 year old boy, and he had lost control, spun out, and an elderly couple had hit him. Oh how sad. The elderly couple, both of them lived. Good. He ended up passing away in the hospital later. And then 
there was another accident with a 19 year old girl who she was in an intersection, didn't have a stop sign or anything. And somebody else didn't yield and crashed into her. And she also passed away. And what a horrible way to start the new year. I have a coworker whom I just adore and her father died Mm -hmm. a couple days ago. And yeah, I'm like, God damn it. This was supposed to be a better year. And we're sitting here talking about all of these sad things already. Not to mention the fact that we're heading into world war three and we're all going to die because we're led by a maniac, but that's a whole other story too. Uh, day before yesterday, there was a stabbing incident in Texas at a coffee shop. One ended up dead, two were injured. Jeez. And yeah, and a friend, my one of my best friends, her husband is about to get sent over to help all of that because yes. they've already sent. I think it was seven. I don't know. They've sent quite a few. So troops over right. so far and he has been there loading everybody up and he's about to head over himself. So, yeah. and it's there for her first appointment. So she is nervous. She's very nervous. I don't blame her. I mean, that's, it's nerve wracking, And especially under these conditions, right? Things being this hot. And like I said, I don't shed a single tear for the dude who died. Like good riddance, get off the planet, whatever. Um, you know, but again, as we have talked multiple times when we talk about crime, there are protocols, there are rules. If you're going to have a civilized society, there are ways that you do things, you know, and this isn't Jack Ryan on Amazon. And as cool as it is to watch that, you know, and people breaking the rules because they're the bad guys and you got to get them. That's one thing on a TV show, but in real life, you've got people's lives at stake. There's, you know, things that should happen. Not to mention there are laws, but whatever. I'm I'm done. I can't. I can't anymore. Yeah. I've decided to not go into that side of things. I know. <laughs> I don't really feel like... Politics just makes me want to puke every day. It really does anymore. You know? Because again, like I said, good riddance. I'm glad he's dead. Honestly. Right. You know? When you know what he did... <sighs> yeah. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> I can't. All right, so this is going to be our first week with only one episode in it. Yes. And that makes me nervous. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to go into it anyway. But we could not start with a better person than our older and wiser Kaylin, who also <laughs> celebrated her birthday for the new year. I did. So, yes. Um, so the case that I had, I actually, it was going to be one of the, because I think Lisa Ow was the first case on my like original I looked at her too. Did you? <laughs> I well, did. no, no, no. My Lisa Out case from Hawaii. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, never mind. She was my first case from like my original list of cases that I oh, had found. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That I actually covered. And then I looked on this one and I was, I found the one that I had written down and I looked into it. I was like, this still sounds fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And then I started researching and I was like, there's like three websites that have something on it and they all say the same thing. It's like this sucks yeah so i ended up having to scratch that yes and, and we should also announce we are in the state of maryland oh yeah this week yeah we are so <laughs> whoops and of course you know baltimore has been the setting for some really great crime dramas like the wire homicide life on the streets um, you know, people, I don't think have a hard time associating murder with Maryland. Like right. I said, especially Baltimore. Right. Um, which by the way, I, when I was doing my research too, I saw that Baltimore has one of the lowest, uh, murder clearing rates in the country, by the way. 
hmm. like 36%. It's like Jesus. crazy. Yeah, crazy low. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So I ended up having to change, change things around, spent a little time on Murderpedia, and I found one that was fucking bonkers. So today we're talking about Charles Williams, William Davis Jr. Okay. Now, he was born in 1947, and he is the son of uh, Charles Williams Sr. Which makes sense. Correct. Right, you should right. get a junior. Um, and Charles Williams Sr. Is, was a police lieutenant. Ooh. And other than that, not a whole lot is known about uh, his personal history. Okay. Aside from the fact that we do know he was married. Okay. And he did have a son. And he later ended up divorcing his wife and losing custody of his son. Which again, I mean, given the time that we're talking about here, right. I mean, if he was born in 1947, right. I'm assuming they divorced sometime in the 50s. Excuse me. And courts pretty much almost always, well, I, I won't say almost always, 60s but yeah, 70s. yeah. Huh? If he was born in 47 and he's divorced. Oh, he's the one who's divorced, not his dad. Right. Oh, never mind. I thought you were saying his parents, like it was his dad. That right. oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Scratch everything I just said. Although even in the 60s and 70s, there was still a predilection for courts to give children to the mothers because, you know, they're right. the better parent, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, Sorry. No, you're Okay. <laughs> So, we don't really know much about him. He, at one point, worked as an electrician. He, at one point, worked as a security guard. He uh, was a volunteer. He uh, assisted with the Baltimore Rescue Squad headquarters. He was a volunteer there. Um, he also ended up training to become a medical technician at a local hospital. Okay. And at the time after his divorce, he ended up meeting another woman who he got engaged with and they briefly lived together. Um, but other than that, we do, that's all we really know about his background. So we're going to jump forward to 1974. And this is when he... Charles ends up going on a rape murder spree. Okay, just out of the blue. <laughs> kind of. So it started with a 23-year-old woman. Okay. So this is 1974. Four. He was born in 47. And this is late 1974. So he's in his late mid to late 20s. Yeah. Okay. And he doesn't have any criminal convictions prior to this that we know of? No. Okay. So he started with a 23-year-old woman, and they ended up, they keep her anonymous. She mm -hmm. doesn't want to be any part of it. And she had been in a roadside accident, and he stopped to offer her help. Jeez. And eventually, she was dragged into the nearby woods, raped, and almost strangled, but wasn't. So he strangled her just not to death, right? Correct. Okay. And in September of 1975, he had raped and murdered Lydia Norman, who was a 16-year-old girl that he met <sighs> through a like an acquaintance. Uh -huh. And it was said that she refused to have sex with him, so he strangled. She was 16, and he was right. like late 20s. Right. Ugh. Ugh. Is, yeah. is right. So he raped and strangled her to death. And so on New Year's Eve, he ends up, 
he scared off a social worker who, according to him, he had caught it, it caused him to lose his uh, custody of a son. Yeah, right. Whatever. Right. So, and I'm thinking the reason he loses custody, I would bet if we dug a little deeper, there's domestic abuse. I would in this background. So, yes. There's no way. Yeah, that he's some you know wonderful person. Right. And again, this blame. Of course, it's not his fault. Not his fault. It's all these women. These right. bitches. Right. So he lured this social worker out of the nightclub that she was in by telling the doorman that her car was blocking his and she needed to come move it. So we got some stalking behavior going on here as well. I mean, right. he's just, yeah. Yeah. And so he then, when she came out to move her car, he pushed her into the car and kidnapped her and took off. And he realized ironically that the woman in his car was not the social worker that he had intended on taking. Oh, so it's the wrong woman. He had, he had pointed out the wrong car. So the wrong person came out okay. and he didn't pay enough attention. He just shoved her in the car and drove off. Oh my God. So did that save her life? I mean, um, so the woman in his car ended up being 24 year old Kathleen cook. And she happened to be the daughter-in-law of a state police Lieutenant Colonel. Oh, yeah, and also remember that his dad is also, is also right law enforcement. Right. So once they, once she like hears his story, she starts laughing at him. So he like explained to her what was going on. Hey, I, guess. I was trying to kidnap this other chick to rape and kill her. Sorry, wrong car. <laughs> what a funny right. story. And so she starts laughing at him. Yeah. And he doesn't like this. No. Because most people in this situation... Well, he's he's a narcissist. He's obviously a malignant narcissist. Blame other people for your problems. Right. Like, he all does of nothing that wrong. Stuff. Right. Right. And so, since she was laughing at him, he got angry. When... I feel like this was going to happen regardless. I don't mm -hmm. care what this man says mm -hmm. because of everything that you've already stated. I don't care what he says. It was going to happen. Right. Whether or not she laughed at him and pissed him off or not, he had so her So, did he kill car. her? He takes her to a spa and he rapes her. Okay. And after he raped her, she said to him, quote, I hope that makes you feel like a man. And she just wasn't having it. Mm -hmm. And she, he ends up pulling out a 38 caliber revolver and he shot her four times in the chest. Jesus. And then... So all of this is his report. We have no way of confirming that she actually did or said any of these things right. either. So again, we don't know how factual any of this is. Because this all sounds like a, like something you'd see in a movie. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Where the guy's mm -hmm. trying to justify why he did this. Well, she did this and she said that. I hope she said that shit to him. I hope so too. You know what I mean? But I'm also wondering if this isn't more of that... She made me do it because she right. was mean to me, you know? Right. So he ends up he ends up taking her body to the hospital. I'm sorry, that's not right. Okay. I type <laughs> I'm like I apparently typed things words went in the wrong spot when I typed this up. That's funny. Um it says that Later, due to his volunteering and training, he was present at the hospital okay. when her body was, was brought found. there. Okay. 
Yeah. So then on October or August, wow, I'm my words are just not working for me today. <laughs> on August 24th, 1976, so about there's about a year between uh-huh. each of these so far. Um 23-year-old Peggy Pump Pumpian, Pumpin. Uh she was raped, stabbed, mutilated and shot 5 times along I-95. So he's really escalating here too yes. in what he's doing. Right. We have so that it started classic, out with mm-hmm. he strangles her but he can't quite finish the job, you right. know what I mean? There's that and now it seems like everything's getting progressively worse. worse. As they usually do in yeah. situations mm-hmm. like this. Because they get more comfortable exactly. doing things. Exactly. And uh, Charles had attacked her after that sh- after she had asked him for directions. And shortly afterward, police came to the conclusion that it was the same man that was res- responsible for um, the woman the year prior mm-hmm. and this woman, okay. Peggy. So they were saying that he was responsible for both. Peggy and Kathleen Cook. And so they did ballistics testing and they confirmed that it was the same gun used in both of the killings. So they are getting, they're getting somewhere. Right. And they had also, did you say what city we were in? I know we said Maryland. Um, he, it was the Baltimore area. All right. Yeah. And, so he does end up on police's radar and he is, he ends up being, becoming a suspect. Um, except they were, they didn't have enough evidence to build the case around him, but he was one of their suspects. So he was in mind. Well, and I'm sure the police were all over this where his second victim, right? It was his second victim was the daughter of a high ranking police officer. So right. this is one of those cases where they're all over this. It's not right. like some of those that we talk about where they, you know, don't really do much. Yeah, like, because they're like whatever. Right. You know, so about this the one was yeah. That was that one was one that was very strongly mm-hmm. investigated. And then you can tell things start escalating a lot quicker because we do have about a year in between each attack until the year of nineteen seventy six when he so his attack in seventy six on Penny was in or Peggy I'm sorry was in August August twenty fourth mm-hmm. and then he has another attack on September third. Wow, so he's really escalating real quick. He raped an anonymous twenty one year old woman who had run out of gas on the I ninety five. And again, he had approached her um, under Offered the pretext help. that he was going to help her. And then on October, or on February 23rd, 1977, so again, just a couple of months after mm-hmm. that, he abducted a 24-year-old pregnant woman Ugh. from the village of Cross Keys. He brought her to a wooded area. He raped her. He robbed her of cash and credit cards and then killed her. Oh. Now, by April of 1977, for un listed reasons uh charles was no longer a volunteer and in may of the same year he had ended up becoming a truck driver okay and he also is ends up being charged with the rape on the 21 year old woman who had run out of gas on the i5 in i-95 because he didn't kill her he just raped her right So she was still alive to give 
a, a report. And... Correct. So he ends up getting charged with that, but he was acquitted after passing a police-administered polygraph test. Oh, my. How do you acquit based on a polygraph a test? Because that's not admissible in court. But how long have they not been admissible in court? Well, I, I don't think they ever have been. Really? But I wonder if they just gave up on him as a suspect. You know what I mean? Like, right. Because it could have just been the investigative section where they're like well he passed the polygraph so it can't be him and they said they didn't have any other evidence to mm-hmm. build a case against him so i'm right. wondering if that yeah because we don't have you know like dna testing all those things that we have now right um but in spite of this investigators did find a lot of similarities between the assault and the two murders that had happened prior to that and they ended up getting an arrest warrant for okay. him and that when they showed up at his home to execute said warrant, he was gone. Of course. Poof. And again, in the 70s, what better job for a serial killer than, than truck, truck driving? Driver? Right. And he ends up relocating to Reno, Nevada. And he ends up living in his car with a 22-year-old woman named Diane Hope Crosby, who ends up being another fiancé of his. Uh-huh. And I'm taking it that the truck driving job fell through or stopped? It did, because he ends up working in Reno, Nevada as an ambulance service operator. Because, okay. yeah, if he's living in his car, you know. Right. So he ends up working as an ambulance service operator. And eventually he is arrested by Maryland State Troopers and he is charged with the murders of um, Kathleen Cook, which he ends up confessing to, and Peggy. And he is also charged with the the rape on September 3rd with the anonymous woman that we didn't have the name of and the assault on February 23rd. Now, I also made a mistake in what I said previously – when I said the uh, the abduction and rape of the 24-year-old pregnant woman, she was not killed. Oh, okay. Oh, good. She was good. just raped and robbed. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. My mistake. <laughs> well, and I'm glad, you know. Right, right, right. So he is charged with both of those inc- along with uh, Kathleen Cook and Peggy Pumpion. Her last name is... Con- not working for me anyway so he is also charged with a firearm violation and he ends up being found guilty of two murders in april of 1978 okay which is after all of this happened so even when he moved he was still doing this shit and he's 31 at this point. Right. So he was given two life sentences for those. And then he was also, on top of that, added a third life sentence um, when he was convicted of the 19th, his first murder of Lydia Norman. Okay. And uh, which he had also confessed to. The charges ended up being dropped for the November 2nd assault. Um, because the victim did not want to appear in court and she didn't want to testify against him. So you they know, ended up dropping And that charges. tells you so much too. And we've talked before about this, how, you know, victims of sexual assault so often be, you know, the, the aftermath of the examinations and the testifying and all of that becomes another trauma for these, you know what I mean? Right. And so 
I know it's easy for us to sit here and be like, how the hell could you not testify? But I don't Oh, think, no, I get it. Yeah, how how horrific it is. And see, that's another thing. Did you ever watch... Um, it was... It's one of the newer ones on um, Unbelievable. Yeah, I have not watched that yet. I feel like her, one of the main characters in that kind of ties into the fact mm-hmm. of, like, this girl not wanting to testify and... It, I mean, in the show, it does go a lot further, but it does, it kind of shows the same thing mm-hmm. of being scared. Yeah. And I get it because especially in a case like this, if, if this woman did end up, which she obviously would have known that he's being charged with murders. Mm-hmm. And so I get being scared to go yeah. up there because what happens if at some point he gets out and he's right. like, this bitch testified against yeah. me. So now I will also kill her. Her. Yeah. Right. So I get being scared. And at the same time, I think another thing that probably would have gone through my mind if I were in her situation, I think. I've never been in her situation. And so I don't, I can't say for sure. But I think another thing is, is like, he has now been sentenced to three consecutive life sentences. Mm-hmm. So how much is her assault really right. adding Point, on to exactly. it? It's not going to do anything. And yeah. I think she probably was thinking... It's going to hurt gonna be, yeah. her more than it will hurt right. him. He's going to be locked up. Why put myself through this? Exactly. So he, since she decided to not appear in court, the charges for that assault were dropped. And he is currently still incarcerated. Wow. He will, um, he's eligible for parole in 48 years. So he's probably going to be dead by <laughs> oh, then. I would say almost definitely he's going yeah. to be dead, which good. Now, another cool thing about this is in the early eighties, FBI, uh, profiler, John Douglas had gone into prison and interviewed him. Oh, he was okay. one of the people that John he's Douglas so he's had in that initial cluster. Right. And it did say somewhere that it was kind of briefly mentioned on Mindhunter. Mm-hmm. Cause we have talked about that before. And his, um, his interview was briefly mentioned and kind of slightly covered in Mindhunter, which I would now have to like go back to rewatch to know. Right. Um, but one of the things that he did with his murder victim specifically is when he lived in um, Nevada, because he was charged with two other murders in Nevada that um, I couldn't really get a whole lot of information on, strangely. Okay. But it did tell me that they were raped and killed in a similar fashion. But where he left them was interesting to me. This was actually the part of the story that like I I got hooked onto and I was like, all right, this is it's one of those like weird twists yeah. that you're not expecting. So I did say that he was a um an ambulance service right. man. Uh-huh. He ended up dumping his victims on the route that he knew the ambulance drove by so that they he knew that they would get picked up. Ooh. Right. So he wanted people to know that he had done these things. Right. For sure. Yeah. Which, you know, is very interesting because we often talk about the killers who hide the bodies, you know, right. and they don't want them to be found. That's interesting that he, again, this 
narcissistic sort of thing. And it, and it was like he wanted to be there when they were yeah. found and see the reactions. Which of again is typical of serial killers too, right. where you hear about them, you know, collecting newspaper stories and, mm-hmm. you know, calling in tips to the police and reliving, inst- yeah, their... instigating themselves into the investigation. Exactly. And so they're able to relive their crimes. And I'm sure seeing the reaction and the shock of his coworkers' faces when it happened yeah. probably brought him so much disgusting joy. Yeah. And, right. Yeah, that's gross. Disgusting. Um, He did claim that most of his, um, most of his his murders were spur of the moment acts, which I think that... It makes sense because two two of his victims were young women who had broken down on the side of the road. Right. That makes sense to me. You're just out, hey, opportunity. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? That does seem very... They were crimes of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Versus I think the only one that seemed more premeditated would have been the social worker, which didn't actually happen because he got the wrong girl. Girl. But he still did what he did anyway. Exactly. I think in that point he was... He had already gotten himself in the mindset that I'm going to rape and kill this Mm -hmm. woman. And he was like, fuck, even though I got the wrong one, I'm still going to do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so other than that, he did say that all of his, they were all opportunity murders. And so he was, he also said that he was mostly interested in the rape aspect of the crime versus the murder aspects of the crime. And he said that he usually only killed the victims if they enraged him um, or challenged is, his control. Which again, I'm going to cry bullshit because strangling and some of the things he's doing take a long time. They have sexual overtones and components to them. Right. They are a part of the act. So, you know what I mean? Like, I always feel like, I don't know how to say this. It's always... Very creepily fascinating to me that you will have these monsters and they're just freely admitting shit that they do that is horrific and awful. But then they always seem to have their own weird little lines in the sand that they have. It's like they think they're making themselves less awful, but they're really almost making themselves more more so. Does that make sense? Yeah. And uh, it... Because of the spontaneous, I put spontaneous in air air quotes quotes because I, (laughs) because when I think of the word spontaneous, I think it's like fun and exciting. And so spontaneous (laughs) and things like this make me uncomfortable. But um, because of the spontaneous natures of his killings, um, that is why we see, because in most serial killers or even murderers who, I guess, murder more than more than enough to... Three. Yeah. Three's the number. Three's the magic number. Right. So, but most murders, if they're murdering more than one person, normally end up happening the same way. Yeah. They kill them the same way. And yeah. these are not. No. Because he... He starts with strangulation, moves on to shot, shooting. Right. Then we've got stabbing. combos of shooting and stabbing. Right. And so this also kind of shows that it he was kind of like... It experimenting. Wasn't his main, yes, he was experimenting and it kind of seems like maybe the murder wasn't his main thought. It was just kind of... Or to me, it almost seems like it might be because now he's like, what if I did it this way? Do you know Which one feels better? Yeah. Right. And it's like maybe he got tired of strangling because because we've talked about this before too, is it's not easy to strangle someone to death. No, no. It's all, yeah. And And it takes a long time mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of strength and effort, especially if you've got a victim who is fighting back. Right. So, and it almost seems like there's an ease 
here that he's looking for. Right. And also overkill, like mm-hmm. the one that he shot instead. You know what I mean? Like right, he there's, there's a lot her, of he shot her. There's and a lot of working out of rage and hatred of women in this as well. Right. Um, it was said that one of the things that thrilled him the most was something that I did just talk about, which uh, they ended up calling his signature, the signature of his mo, which was to make the anonymous calls to the emergency services reporting his own assaults and then getting onto the crime scenes with the rescue volunteer squad that he was working with because and retrieving himself the bodies that he had just dumped. Jesus. And I think that aside from him being able to see everybody's reactions and visit the crime scene again undetected, I think that another thing... Another reason why he did this is because his father was also in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. I think that he thought he had a better idea of how to get away with it. Maybe. And if he is on the first responder, if he is one of the first responders to get there, mm-hmm. I think that he thinks that he would be less likely to be looked at as a suspect. Oh, well, of course. Like, right. if you're there, I'm the hero. I'm the rescuer. Right. I you fa- know. Yeah, I'm helping with this. Right. And that becomes a cover. Right. Um. Now... There, I, there was a an interview with John Douglas, and then there ended up being a either a TV show or a movie, a documentary of some sort made about him, which I didn't have time to go watch, and they wanted John Douglas to come on to this and like talk about it. And he was like, no, I can't do that. I don't know enough about him. It was a brief interview. I don't know enough about his murders. I'm not going to come talk about it. Cause that is, I love John Douglas for that. I mean, I do feel like he, even with all the attention he gets, do you know what I mean? I think he does a pretty good job of staying humble. Right. And not trying to talk about things he doesn't know. Right. Um, there was a, uh, there was an episode on Criminal Minds that was based, based on him. That's one of the things that Criminal Minds does. While it being a fictitious show, they do try to bring in some. Well, that's like Law and Order. The entire right. Law and Order arc, you know, or Real realm cases. of yeah, right. Shows um, the same thing. So there was an episode of Criminal Minds that was loosely based around this man. Um, but yeah, he's currently. Locked up until Good. another and 48 he, years. And I love that there's another 48 years before on his sentence the, and he'll be dead. He has to be dead. Because mm-hmm. he was, what, born in 47? Yeah, he'll be dead before. Oh, yeah, yeah. he has to be. Because that'll be, what, 2068? He'll yeah. be dead. Yeah. Because he'd, that'd be over, he'd yeah. be 120 at that point. Yeah, he ain't getting out. No, he's not. But I thought it was insane that he went back. Or he would call them in so that he could be there to rescue them. That is weird. There is something, like you said, I almost feel like it's more that, A, it's the perfect cover. You know, mm-hmm. how people won't suspect me if, you know, I'm one of the quote unquote good guys. Right. right? And I think you're onto something that that was part of 
the the pleasure for him was watching people's reactions and discoveries of what he had done and taught them talking, talking about, about it. it oh because you know they're on the scene like mm-hmm. talking about how gruesome it is or how could somebody do this or this poor girl and and he's just sitting there so oh, oh he is he gets he, to hear them talking about him exactly you know? and i think that that's something that many a lot of people a lot a lot of professionals have talked about being a big thing for murderers mm-hmm. and serial killers is the fame and the notoriety behind it. Yep. Which again is something that has kind of been talked about a lot lately with Luca Magnata mm-hmm. is that everything he did was for the fame. Right. Right. And you know, awful. Oh. Which speaking of Luca Magnata, I know. Did you see the update? I did. From Cheryl. Uh, so like I said, time to go undercover into the prison system and right. you know, Oh, yeah, I, I did see that the other day, and yeah. that's disgusting. Yeah. And now, is that just because of the way that the Canadian jail You're system Canadian, is set yeah. up? I said British. I meant Canadian. Oh. I, you know, I don't know exactly. And again... Are they, like, a little more lax than we are when it comes to the actual prison system itself? I would say yes. I don't... That's going to be my initial... Assumption, just because it seems like in general, like throughout Europe, and I'm going to assume Canada, there's much more, and we've talked about this in the past, the um, the emphasis is on rehabilitation and bringing you back into society at some right. point. This idea that you just, you know, stockpile people and lock them away and they never getting out is not really part of those prison systems right so that just the fact that canada is part of the british commonwealth i'm going to assume there's some care but i'd have to do more research yeah because i know that their their justice system when or their court system i guess from what i've understood of listening to other cases because there was his and then there was also another one that i had just uh come across recently and I did notice that their justice system in general and their court system and the way that they do things does seem a lot more lax. Right. Well, for one get... thing, they don't have the death penalty. Right. And I do know they will not extradite uh, people to countries if that person's going to be put to death. And I know there's been a couple of cases with the United States that have gotten kind of touchy because of that, you know, where people did horrible crimes, fled to Canada, got picked up. And then before Canada will send them back, you have to promise you're not going to put them to death. Damn. And I don't know if that's still the case, but I know at least at one point that was. So, huh. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was... Yeah. That that article was... Because what he said, he most hours of the day, it was doors are open. He can go outside, basically, mm-hmm. whenever he wants. He gets to go outside and suntan. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah, like I, I do know there, you know, just in general, there's more of the emphasis on the rehabilitation side of it and less on the very harshly punitive side, which we have in this country. Right. So, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was yeah. less. I did get a, I don't know if you saw one of our, I think it was a comment or somebody somebody really liked our last episode we did about the police shootings oh well i, I bet they did yeah it was, you did a good job with that um i actually you want to hear something funny like really funny so kind of off top, topic a little bit but on last week's episode 
we when we were talking about the policeman shooting the dog, which ended up ricocheting onto the little girl, Ugh, which and, is still just so disgusting. Right. And I made the comment about how bad of a shot he was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, not to like make it a joke, but he clearly couldn't hit a dog that was two feet in front of him. Yes. And you said he had a great, uh, he had a great career in front of him as a stormtrooper. Now, (laughs) I giggled a little bit and I re-listened to the episode and I giggled a little bit to that comment. And then we ended up watching the whole season of the Mandalorian. Oh, great and, series. <laughs> and then I got it. Yeah. it the scene where they're shooting the cat. <laughs> yes. I love that and so, so much. I had, it had happened and I'm like, oh, ha ha. And then I re-listened to the episode after we had watched Mandalorian. And as I'm listening to it, I was like, ha ha, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I mean, from the beginning in Star Wars, that's been the joke is that, you know, I'm you just... always have 50,000 stormtroopers shooting at people and they almost never hit anybody. And so even that scene in the Mandalorian was an inside joke right. for nerds like me who love Star Wars. My but... dad would kill me if he was listening right yeah. now. And I told, and he heard me say that I'm not a Star yes. Wars. I've just never been, it's just never been my thing. But isn't the Mandalorian freaking great? It was okay. I was kind of, it got kind of boring a little bit for me. It just wasn't my jam. But we did watch the whole first season because we had to power through it. <sighs> but my dad's like, he, my dad's a huge Star Wars fan. My son was born on May 4th, so he's Papa's little Jedi because he was born yes. on May the 4th be with you. <laughs> so, it, but yeah. It I was a funny it. joke. Yes. It was. Thank you. Was, I figured you deserved Took the you credit Took you a week it. and a half to get it, but that's okay. <laughs> it's only because I just listened to it. It was funny, though. <sighs> well, but. let us know what you think about our plans for our new formatting. And yep. like I said, we do, we do want to go a little deeper into some of our cases mm-hmm. and have the time to really, I think, formulate. And I feel like for me, like today... I feel like I was much more invested in your case because I'm not sitting here freaking out about mine. Right. So we'll see how that works. But um, once again, please like, rate us on whatever platform you happen to be listening to us on. Email us at stateofcrimepodcast at gmail.com. We are so impressed and so grateful for some of those amazing emails that right. we've been getting. I think we should start maybe reading some of them. Not we'll keep people's identities secret unless you're if you're fine with us reading your name, let us know in the email. But otherwise, we won't reveal that. But right. um, I just want to share some of the great things that people are sharing and the amazing detective work they're doing. Right. Um, And also please like us on Facebook, join our discussion group. Our discussion group is always so much fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Also a little bit like rage inducing, but mostly fun. Yeah. We have some great people and we love you and appreciate you so much. And make sure that after you listen to this or while you're listening to this, uh, go onto our Facebook page and take the poll vote on our poll on what yeah. day you would prefer yeah. our episodes to be put out otherwise we're going to drop it on monday yeah basically. i like that yeah yeah so, that sounds good yeah so again we thank you for listening we couldn't do it without you see you next time ah <laughs> <laughs>